Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, and today I'm answering your questions. Anytime you submit questions on my social media, they could end up on this podcast. Let's dive into today's question. Hello, we are back for another podcast episode, and today is all about the field of psychology. I get this question a lot. I see this question a lot in in Facebook groups and on social media, this lack of clarity of who your child can see, what the different providers are. And so I want to dive into that a little bit. Uh, before we dive in, I want to let you know of an additional episode that might be helpful. It was episode 35, Unlocking Better Healthcare for Neurodivergent Children developmental behavioral pediatricians. So we talked all about the field of developmental behavioral pediatrics in there. And then we also talked about in terms of medical doctors, which ones can diagnose. And we often see primarily one of two fields doing the diagnosis. It's either developmental behavioral pediatrics or psychology. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about the psychology piece today, but it is possible that you were referred to a neurologist, a psychiatrist, potentially your pediatrician might feel comfortable making the diagnosis. But I often get and hear a lot of confusion about what psychologists do. So that is what we are going to talk about today. So first and foremost, psychiatry and psychology are often confused. And I get it. They're so similar in, in names. They both have that stem of psych. That word psych is talking about psychological and it's talking about dealing and navigating mental health disorders. So the difference between psychology and psychiatry is psychologists tend to have either a PhD or they can have what's called a PsyD. And that's largely true. It's very rare nowadays that you'll find a psychologist with a master's degree. The one exception of this is school psychologists, which I'm going to touch on that in a second. So we stay the course here. Psychiatry, on the other hand, or even psychiatric like nurse practitioners, PAs, things like that, they're in the medical side of things. And so a psychiatrist typically has an MD or a DO. And the difference between psychology and psychiatry is that in psychiatry, they can actually prescribe medication. Now, it's really interesting because we're actually seeing in some states that psychologists are being granted access to write prescriptions as long as they're not like controlled substances. But those psychologists do have to take additional training in psychopharmacology. And But for the most part, think of psychiatry as the ones that are prescribing medication and psychology is not. Similarities between the two fields are both will do therapy. I will say you're going to often see a higher, a bigger emphasis on therapy placed on the psychology side than the psychiatry side. Usually, most psychologists do a lot of med management. They'll do check-ins with your child, but they're not going to actively be doing a lot of therapy, although there are some that will, that ultimately are going to see your child every week. I would say in the field, child and adolescent psychiatry, I have found the therapy side is even rarer. I feel like with adult psychiatrists, we see that a little bit more often. But both parties can do it. Additionally, both parties can diagnose autism and really any mental health disorder. But what I will tell you is that psychiatry is usually coming at it from a 
perspective of symptom management. So even when we think about something with ADHD, yes, they'll make a diagnosis of ADHD, but they're often thinking about it from, okay, we're going to need medication to be able to manage symptoms of inattention, hyperactivity, impulsivity. And so that is the reason they're seeing the need based on the symptoms, and then they're going to provide diagnosis. More often than not, when you present to psychiatry, you're presenting for that medication piece of things. So, and so that's something to know too, that if you're like, I don't want to navigate medication right now with my child, psychiatry is probably not the right route to go. I'm not saying that all will want that and advocate for that, but obviously this is their field. They highly and strongly believe in the power of medication. Now, here's the thing though, is psychology does way more in-depth testing for things like autism than psychiatry does. And, and you'll hear different kind of titles for psychologists, clinical psychologists, child psychologists, neuropsychologists. And I'm not going to go into like all the, the unique factors right now. Neuropsychologists do tend to do even more in-depth testing. They're going to look at things like executive functions and memory. And usually it's a really extensive test battery. But just seeing a child psychologist, which is what I am, or a licensed psychologist, you are able to get the answers of, is this autism? Is it something else? What's going on? But we're actually going to do testing versus psychiatry isn't typically trained in the test administration side. And so that is a huge difference. So the field of psychology will, in terms of autism care, does diagnosis as well as therapeutic support. And this therapeutic support can vary. For example, in my practice, I'll do early intervention work where we're doing really naturalistic ways to support your child, work on things like functional communication, self-help skills. We're going to also work on things like potentially their sensory dysregulation, their emotion dysregulation. Additionally, with school-age children, emotion dysregulation is a really big one. And then we can see co-occurring anxiety, co-occurring ADHD, co-occurring depression, co-occurring behavioral challenges, which more and more I'm now often conceptualizing as related to the PDA profile, pathological demand avoidance. I would say more often than not, when we're seeing these behavioral challenges, it's because of this nervous system dysregulation. And that, that's the type of care that psychologists can provide. Now, do keep in mind, and we talked about this in the episode with the developmental behavioral pediatricians, not all psychologists are trained in autism. Not even all psych child psychologists are trained in autism. And so you do want to find, if you're going to go the psychology route, you want to find a provider that really understands autism. I think this is particularly important that if you have concerns that symptoms may be more subtle or that they're going to potentially mask during the evaluation or honestly just by default that they are a girl because girls are less likely to be diagnosed, you're going to want to find someone then that has that knowledge base so that your child's diagnosis isn't missed if it exists. With that being said, how does psychology differ from developmental pediatrics? And we talked about this a little in that developmental behavioral pediatrics episode as well, but often developmental behavioral pediatrics are going to do the diagnosis. They are trained in testing, but I will say typically psychology will do more testing. So what do I even mean by testing? That might be a question as you're listening. 
you'll often hear the ADOS, for example, the Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule. This is considered the gold standard tool for evaluating autism. It's interesting, though, because there is starting to be some shift away from this because what we're finding is that kids that highly mask sometimes aren't picked up on with these measures. But it's also important to keep in mind that a psychologist or even a developmental behavioral pediatrician who's highly trained in autism might not need to use that specific tool. So a lot of times you might hear from your pediatrician, you need an ADOS. Well, really what they mean there by you need an ADOS is that you need this in-depth testing. So this testing can involve an autism-specific measure. Other measures that I use in my practice are called the tele-ASDP. That's for little kids. I'll use a measure called the AVABO. So it's Adapted Virtual Autism Behavior Observation. And then I'll score the CARS alongside that. So the Childhood Autism Rating Scale. So that's common. Or sometimes I'll use the MIGDOS as well, which is the Montiero Interview Guidelines for Diagnosing Asperger's Syndrome. Asperger's is an old type of classification for autism, and I might not be pronouncing that exactly correctly, the, the name of the, the author. But different autism observation scales. And all of these, it's important to keep in mind. And I feel like on the parent side, it's a little less important for you to keep in mind, but still something that is relevant. These tests are not the end-all be-all. So they're not the only thing that we're using to determine if your child has autism. I additionally will do things like IQ testing or developmental testing as well, measures of adaptive functioning. We're going to send parent and teacher and therapist reports out, get standardized questionnaires, all of that. And what I often find is that developmental pediatricians are trained to do all of that. They just often don't have as much time in their schedule. They won't do as many tests. So it's pretty common that a developmental behavioral pediatrician will do the CARS and they won't do the ADOS, but some do. It, it totally varies practice to practice. But sometimes if developmental behavioral pediatricians feel like they can't give the answer, then they'll refer to child psychology. I actually got a call, did a consult call yesterday where that's exactly what the parents said. It was a little girl and the developmental behavioral pediatrician was saying, I'm seeing symptoms, but I'm not sure there's enough to make the diagnosis. I think you need to go to child psychology and get more in-depth testing. So that's something to keep in mind, but you always can come directly to a child psychologist. Additionally, a child psychologist can be great to add on to your child's treatment team. Say they're getting speech, they're getting OT, right? They're getting, they might be getting ABA, they might be getting PT, all of this, right? So sometimes I think that psychology can do a few unique things. I think psychology tends to be a little bit more aware and mindful, and this is not a diss on other fields. It's just our training, a little bit more aware on the parent-child interaction, really focusing on that piece, providing you the support as the parent, helping you navigate different systems. Additionally, if there's any co-occurring mental health disorder, that's absolutely a reason to go to a psychologist. And I want to caveat this part. So the diagnosis part in terms of the mental health field only psychologists can do, but you can go to master's level mental health therapists, like licensed clinical social workers, licensed professional counselors, licensed marriage family therapists. You can go to those as well for the like mental health support element of it. 
that's generally what psychology does. And so what's really, I think, unique about psychology compared to any other field that we've already talked about is they will do the in-depth testing, but then you can continue with that psychologist for therapy if they have an opening. Granted, not all psychologists that do autism testing also see therapy patients. I do. And that's what I love being able to see is a family start to finish. And really, it never finishes. But by the time we wrap up therapy and provide that support and that continuity of care. Developmental behavioral pediatricians don't do therapy, so they're going to refer you elsewhere. Psychiatry, we already talked about that. You might get an autism diagnosis. They might do medication management, some therapy, but that in-depth conceptualization of autism isn't typically there. Neurologists aren't going to do therapy. So a lot of these other providers either provide the initial diagnosis or are more focused on the medication piece. Or you might, for example developmental behavioral pediatricians or neurologists who are tracking your child's development. Developmental pediatricians tend to do this, particularly if you have a premature baby, a baby in the NICU. Developmental peds can also prescribe medication, something to keep in mind. But then also on the neurology side, you might be tracked because there's a risk for seizures or some concern about the physical brain development, things like that. But psychology is unique in that things can go from start to finish. And like I said, psychologists and mental health therapists in general tend to think a little bit more about that parent-child interaction. They're going to be better trained to address like any co-occurring mental health conditions that are coming up. And it just, it ultimately depends. But I love being able, for example, to do early intervention. That's something that I sought out additional training for and really integrating things naturalistically into your home environment, whether I'm doing it over telehealth or if you're local to me, I'll go to patients' houses. But it's about coaching you as the parent to know how to support your child in everyday activities. And I've talked in previous episodes, I'm a big proponent of you advocating for to be integrated into your child's care. But again, I do think psychology can be one of the unique fields where a lot of child psychologists are thinking about this parent-child interaction, the family system, all of that. Again, mental health therapists grouping this all in. Yeah, I, th- I think this is so important. So there is a balance. Of course, you don't want to do everything. You can't do everything in terms of therapy. But in particular, the way that I designed my practice, I literally had a grandparent the other day tell me like that the the child's parents rely on me to be that point person. And that's exactly the high level of care coordination that I do is I really am helping to piece the entire puzzle together that if you're getting one recommendation from speech and it's contradicting OT, that's something that I'll I'll help you navigate. And a lot of times I'm going to jump in and physically navigate that, whether it's picking up the phone and chatting with one of the therapists, it's sending an email, it's talking about how do we integrate all of this. And sometimes it's not that it's contradictory. It's just being said in different ways. And I can help see, streamline that, help with school, decisions, all of that. I have a new family where I'm literally helping them make a decision about what preschool setting is going to be best for their autistic child. All of these things. Psychology in general can provide support here. I've been really intentional to think about the whole family system and provide this care coordination so you aren't navigating this alone. 
The last thing that I want to touch on before I wrap up this episode is school psychologists versus licensed psychologists or child psychologists or clinical psychologists. Again, so many different terminologies, neuropsychologists, but largely speaking, school psychologists are going to have a master's degree and they are going to be able to say whether your child meets the autism criteria within a school system. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, but there's a lot of confusion if a school diagnosis is the same as a clinical diagnosis or a medical diagnosis, and it's not. And yes, I think our system could be better set up. And I actually once had a parent message me with that same thing, like, don't you feel like school psychologists should be able to diagnose? And it's a long, complex topic that I'm not going to go into right now. But the way that the current system is set up, at least in the U.S., is that school psychologists are going to be part of the IEP team to determine if your child meets educational criteria for autism and getting that specialized instruction versus a licensed psychologist, clinical psychologist, child psychologist, neuropsychologist. All of those are going to have that advanced doctorate degree and are going to be trained and actually giving that DSM-5 diagnosis. And that DSM-5 diagnosis, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, fifth edition, and we're in our text revision. So TR is ultimately how we are making this medical diagnosis. And that is true across all the fields, right? Developmental pediatricians are using that. Um, neurologists are using that. Psychiatrists are using that. If a pediatrician diagnosed, they're going to use it. I use it as a psychologist. We all are going to have this diagnostic code, which is F84.0, to indicate that your child meets the, the diagnostic classification for autism. All right, y'all. That is a wrap. I know so nuanced, but I also know that parents struggle with this. So that's why I wanted to turn it into a Q&A episode. I constantly see questions about this. One thing as I wrap up, if you're interested in learning more in my services, it's always linked in the show notes. You can email me, learn more, or just schedule a consult call with me. It's completely free and we can chat about your child's needs, whether that's needing the diagnosis or you're needing more of that therapeutic support. I do have a group therapy program up and running. So in addition to having me in your back pocket, like literally in your back pocket, you can pull out your phone, you can message me with your questions and I will answer them. So I'm like, replacing Google. Rather than going to Google at night, you get to ask me questions. And I'm in the community at least once a day. But that's the other thing is it's a community too of other parents who are navigating this journey as well. So if you're interested in learning more about group therapy or any of my other services, I'd absolutely love to connect with you. You can schedule a free consult call or again, just email me. And I look forward to touching base and chatting with you. All right, y'all, that is a wrap for today's episode. This episode was meant to be short and sweet. Full-length episodes air every Wednesday with many episodes like this sprinkled in between. So subscribe now so you don't miss the next one. And if you want to inspire a future episode, because that's how we roll over here, ask me a question on any of my social media pages for a chance to have your question featured. Bye, y'all, and I'll see you soon.